You are listening to The Real Faith Stories Podcast, interviews with people who chose to boldly follow their faith. I'm your host, Brian Robinson. Now, let's meet our guests and hear their story. Sergio, welcome to Real Faith Stories. Really looking forward to hearing what the Lord has done in your life today. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for the invitation. When we initially spoke with one another, I was amazed by the Lord's guidance in making it crystal clear He wanted you to move from Mexico to the United States. Then, after moving, the brokenness you experienced when you came to the end of yourself and fully surrendered to Him. And with that surrender, all the powerful life lessons that God has kindly showed you. So, Sergio, please share some of your backstory. I'm from Mexico, from a city called Tampico in Tamaulipas, Mexico. Back in 2008, 2009, those years, it got pretty difficult in terms of crime. There was a lot of crime, a lot of kidnapping in my hometown. And honestly, there was multiple months that the fear was so dense, the fear in the air. Nobody wanted to drive like nice cars or anything like that. I was involved in a youth ministry and and encountered this Bible verse, Luke 12, 7. But even the very hairs of your hair are all counted. Do not fear. You're more valuable than a great number of sparrows. So at that exact time, I feel like, ah, I feel like relieved. And I'm like, I have nothing to fear. God has the perfect plan. And that's it. And from that point on, I kind of live in in this like bubble of protection. I felt so protected, so peaceful, even though. Everything around me was falling apart. I think it's fascinating how the Lord drops the scripture on you. You were fearful before it, right? You're sensing all this fear and worry. He gives you the scripture, and it literally shifted everything in the way you thought, didn't it? Yeah, I encountered this scripture, and the God is all merciful, of course, to all of us. And yes, it, it gave me a lot of peace and protection, but I was very worldly. I own a branding marketing agency it was pretty good size like 30 people and we owned the basketball team of the city a professional basketball team i was at one point the marketing director for a university and things of that nature then something happened though the lord started to impress upon you the need to leave your roots and where you grew up right yeah correct so one day suddenly people started calling me and like hey you need to get out of there. You need to get out of there. And I'm like, man, and I'm totally at peace. The Lord is protecting me. And I just felt like a very strong calling from the Lord. Like, that's it. You have no more protection. I need you to go. I'm like, no, I'm very comfortable. I'm living life at large. I'm very successful. All this worldly possessions, whatever. (laughs) I remember like I I negotiated a lot, a lot. (laughs) And people started calling me more, et cetera. And I'm like, okay, I guess not. I just packed my bag and I left everything behind, like everything. The loft that I live in, beautiful. My dog, I left it to my best friend, like everything behind. What was that period of time between when you felt like the Holy Spirit said to you, time to move, and people started calling you until you actually did it? Everything happened in 24 hours. Whoa. Yeah, you know, it was crazy. It was like somebody woke woke me up in the middle of the night, 2 a.m. or whatever. So some friend calls you? But like three, four people. 
really, all independent of each other, had no idea the Lord was speaking to you, right? Totally independent. Wow. It's just like, hey, man, you need to get out of there. And then I woke up the next morning, and I started praying, and then this is like, that's it. Time's up. I had the impression this was over weeks and months, but this was literally in about a 24-hour period. The Holy Spirit said, you need to go. Yep. You get these phone calls to confirm it, and you start praying, and you're like, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you flew to the United States, right? San Antonio. Correct. Yeah. I, I have uh, family members in San Antonio. And so I, I thought to myself, well, yeah, I'm going to play smart here. I was going to you know, go to one of my family, just visit for a few weeks and then come back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're like, I'll obey, but I'm holding this in my pocket, so to speak, that if things don't work out, I'm heading back. I'll hang out with some of my family members, right? Hundred percent. I'm like, yeah, you have a plan, but my plan is better. So just watch. I'm just gonna go and just remember, I left my precious dog with one of my best friends, and it's like, well, just I'm gonna go back. But the minute I stepped foot in San Antonio, Texas, I was like, man, I think the stay is gonna be longer because I started to feel a lot of peace, serenity. I really felt that. The Lord was calling me to be in the United States. And I thought to myself, man, I feel peace, but I'm way better over there in Mexico with all this luxury status that I had. You're like a nobody here in the U.S., but in Mexico, you were the man. Yeah, exactly. And so God was setting you up for a stripping. So what is it that happened after you finally landed, decided to stay? You went through some rough stuff, didn't you? Yeah, horrible. I think it has been my hardest, most difficult year in my entire life. I started to lose a lot of income, finances, money. There was a couple of immigration lawyers that pretty much ripped me off. They charged me these large sums of money and they were not doing the work the, the way they supposed to be. And then it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not an immigration lawyer. I'm like, what? Yeah, just so, so many things. I wanted to do everything legally and correct, etc. And then I got sick with pneumonia for like six weeks or so. You're losing business back home. You're trying to keep things rolling there. But that wasn't really ultimately what God was intending, was it? No, not at all. Not at all. I was kind of like the rainmaker. And so... The minute I left, the sales started to wind down. Yeah. And then here, I was absolutely nobody. I was doing large projects over there in Mexico, right? I was fighting. I was going out and trying to establish business here, etc. Every week, there was something bad. And I went through a season where every time I went to sleep, I woke up in the middle of the night, like 2, 3 a.m., cold sweat. I, I couldn't fall back asleep. Everything was wrong for days and days. And it was supernaturally wrong. How long did you deal with these type of circumstances where you were getting pressed really hard? It was about six to eight months. I lived in a fourth floor. And I used to think like, if you just jump, everything will be okay. It was like uh, I was getting intoxicated with gloomy feelings and sadness. I was so ar arrogant. You know, it's like the, the story of the Pharaoh in Egypt. I was like, God was sending me all these plagues and like, repent. I'm like, nope, nope. I was very arrogant. And I remember hearing this voice all the time, like, are you okay? And I'm like, of course I'm okay. I'm Sergio. I'm the king of branding. And I kept telling this story myself, but 
things kept getting more difficult and more difficult. And suddenly, one day, I just walk into my apartment here in San Antonio, and I just heard, are you okay? And I, I just screamed like, no, I'm not okay. And I just fell to the ground, just bawling, crying, and plead, Lord, forgive me, take my life, that's it. I don't know what else to do. You're in control, full in control. And I'm just a dummy to save me. And things started to change. I was in a spiral down, like really fast going down. And when I surrender, it was like a, the spiral stopped. And then it was like a very slow started to go in the opposite direction going up. God put in my heart like, hey, give thanks to the things that I'm giving you. And I remember I had like a notepad in front of me and I said, well, if I can give thanks for 10 things, that would be amazing. And I remember that day I I gave thanks for like over 200 things wow. in that notepad. And I was crying over the notepad. I was like, wow, you're so merciful. You're so amazing. And things started to change. So it wasn't until you finally recognized you were not okay. And it's like the yeah. Spirit of God kept asking, are you okay? Are you still okay? Are you still okay? Yeah. I am not okay. And then what I love is the Lord led you into gratitude and thanksgiving. You thought, ah, I can maybe write 10 things down. <laughs> and then you're over 200. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. Yeah. The power in surrender. We don't fully surrender. And sometimes we live miserable lives with sadness and we don't understand why. You know, it's interesting about that, Sergio, to the whole point of surrender what I've seen, and tell me if this has been your experience, it's not something you can muster up and make happen. People say surrender is a choice, and it is, but there's something way more deep about what you experienced, wasn't there? That is correct. The surrender that I live, it was like absolute, total surrender. And another thing, it was a confirmation. It was like two, three weeks that multiple places that I visited, they wouldn't let me pay for anything. Like I went to Office Depot to get some prints. It was 30 prints, full color, large, 11 by 17. That's not cheap. No, not cheap. Very expensive. And the lady like, no, 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 don't pay. I'm going to pay this for you <laughs> because I have these special vouchers. The lady at, at, the, at the register, right? And I'm like, you don't have to do this. No, no, yeah, but there's something in you that I have to pay for this. I'm like, wow. okay. And then... Everywhere, like I went to a, a restaurant and I was patiently waiting and there was a, a, an old lady in front of me and the lady just sit down and then the guy's like, order whatever you want and it's on us. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I thought I was in, in candid camera. I bet you did. Again, I feel like like the Lord was just showing me his mercy, his love. It was very interesting. For sure. Now you've been in San Antonio for what, 14 years? 13 and a half years, yeah. Obviously, a lot has happened in that 13 and a yeah. half years. And yeah. one of the things that you mentioned to me is since this experience, you, with all your heart, want to align your actions, your plans, and your work with what you perceive to be God's will. It sounds like you're living your life with open palms saying, I'm yours, Jesus. That is correct. Now, I must say, and I think this is a very important part of the story. I was, I was hearing this pastor, and the pastor was talking about Matthew 22, when they were trying to trick Jesus into, hey, tell us what you think about, should we pay the poll tax? 
to the Caesar or not. And Jesus just said, hey, I, I know there's malice in you. You're testing me, hip- hypocrites. And they're like, okay, show me the coin used for the poll tax. And they brought it to him. And, and he said, well, because image and inscription, do you see? And they say to him, well, it's the Caesar. Well, then they said to them, pay the Caesar what belongs to the, to the Caesar and to God the things that belong to God. And they were in shock by his response. To me, that automatically, clink, like completely broke the, the spell in a way because I felt completely liberated to say my concern, my spirit, my thoughts, my everything belongs to God. And if I worry and I fall back and I, I feel like a, a defeated man, I'm just giving my spirit to the world. And I don't belong to this world. I belong to God. If you read carefully, he said, give Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give God what belongs to God. But now my understanding is like, okay, what belongs to God? Everything belongs to God. Absolutely everything belongs to God. As you're sharing this, I'm getting this picture of the understanding that came to you, like you just said. I am completely his. I belong to God. Therefore, the thought is I need to give everything to him because I am his. So there's some major lessons that have come out of this over the years, and I'm just going to read these five lessons. We can dive into any one of these or all of them. Embrace surrender, and you say true fulfillment and an abundant life can only be realized through Christ. Surrendering to him unlocks a grand and magnificent existence as intended by divine design. That's so powerful. Second, trust beyond your own understanding. In every circumstance, place your trust in him, transcending your own understanding. Faith and divine wisdom guides us through life's complexities. Third, recognize your divine gifts. Just acknowledge that every perfect gift is a blessing from him. Embrace these gifts as expressions of divine grace and generosity. I think so often we forget to recognize what's been deposited in us. Right, Sergio? Correct. Fourth, and this is something that I don't think we talk enough about, is our God-given gift for creativity, regardless of the vocation that we're in. You said celebrate creative work. Engage fully in your work, embracing the role of co-creator in this world. As God is the ultimate creator, we reflect his image. Imago Dei, by actively participating in creation. And then finally, the spiritual foundation of finances. Approach every financial decision with a spiritual perspective first. Recognize that your monetary choices are not just economic transactions, but reflections of your faith and values. We could do a separate podcast on each one of these, but (laughs) of the five I've mentioned, is there anyone in particular you'd like to riff on a little bit? There's two, the number three and number four. I'm going to talk about number four first. Celebrate creative work. Every day that I get to to work with my clients and the people in my company, man, I I feel like flying. And it's just the, the understanding the, the first words in the Bible is that in the beginning, God created the very first thing that his word tells us about his nature, mm. that he is a creator, right? I'm so grateful that I get to create inside his divine plan. I'm this co-creator with him. I'm so thankful of this fact. Give, give me a lot of inspiration to create. I feel like my, my season in Mexico, even though there was creativity, it was a lot of ego driven. It was like, oh, I am the best. I created it. And in a way, your creativity gets like rotten 
Mm. Like start to smell bad. And when you put the power in like, oh, yeah, I'm just this vehicle of the creative juices from the Ruach, from the Holy Spirit, just impregnating my work, then it's a completely different feeling that I honestly wish every single person that works will feel that on a daily basis. That brings up a point. People hearing this may be thinking, well, I'm not real creative. That's just not who I am. I feel more than that. It's like the way human beings perceive creativity and the way God perceives it is different. Because like, for example, I have multiple clients that they do landscaping. And you can do landscaping and you say, well, I'm just here in the dirt, just moving dirt here and there. Or you can say, wow, I'm this vehicle for people to see God's creation here, side by side. It's just like in every single little thing that we do, it doesn't matter what role. If we play with this, with a different view that we are co-creating and participating in this creation with, with him, it's just the different flavor. Creativity reflects the nature of God. Yeah, and it seems to me to enter into that, like you're describing, in this partnership with him and co-creating, there has to be an awareness of it first. Otherwise, you can't appreciate yeah. that. So the response is, Lord, show me how you've wired me to create with you in what I'm putting my hands to right now. And he'll open your eyes up to that, won't he? Correct. And when we're connected and abiding, magic happens because then we're tapping into the divine. We we tap into the divine and it, it doesn't matter what we're doing. It, it's going to be amazing. And we're going to feel it in our hearts. And the people experiencing our work and our creation will experience in their heart the magnificence of God through you. So good. The number three is recognizing divine gifts. And again, going back, like now that I have my wife with me and I see that she's such a great, amazing lady, I, I started reflecting like, wow, she is a perfect gift God had for me. I think one of the main reasons that I suffer so much and I surrender, it was because God wanted to hand my wife to me and I wouldn't recognize her if I wouldn't live through those hard moments back in those times because I met her right at the end of that season. So now I'm, I'm super grateful for those hardship and hard moments. To meet my wife, I would live 10 times what I live. That God is so wise and there's so much wisdom in his plan. What is it in your field of work with branding that you struggle with the most that you have to continue to go to the Lord for guidance and direction? Well, in my company, we divide this in three aspects. We call it the word, the symbol, the place. The word is the brand strategy. The symbols are the designs and the place. It's just the branded environments. Mm. But honestly, the most beautiful blessing and the thing that I struggle the most is the same. It's people, right? <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. The the abundance and, and the blessings many times come from, from people, right? Oh, yeah. But also through people, there's like, oh man, I'm, I have to be a way better leader. I have to up my game tremendously. I have to be abiding with him for directions and because it, it's hard. Leading creative people is, is really hard. <laughs> no doubt. What is it now in your business, in your life, that you feel the Lord inviting you into? Is there anything that's come up in your heart 
as we start moving into a new year here soon? Lately, the Lord is inviting me more to go deeper in humility and obedience and courage and wisdom. It's always in my mind, in my heart, but I don't know why lately it's all about just be humble and be obedient. And I'm a father of, of two beautiful children. It's almost like I, I have to go deeper in my relationship with Christ and with God and just be a better role model to my kids and to my wife. And I just feel that's my calling in this season to be more humble and to get deeper in my connection with him. What is it that you're being drawn into to go deeper, to be more humble? Do you have a sense of what that looks like in terms of just action steps? I'm curious. In terms of action steps, to me, my quiet time needs to be more consistent. So I read the Bible every morning, but sometimes it's like a quick 15 minutes, pa 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 pray, boom, boom, and then boom, off you go. Like, okay, stretching and exercising and this and the other. But I, I feel... My obedience has to be more like, okay, no, at least you have to be 40 minutes or 45 minutes and journaling and having cross-referencing some Bible verses and just listening to the Lord. And me and my wife, we need to have more conversations about the Bible verses that, that she's reading and I'm reading and just, hey, what is the Lord telling you? and What is the Lord telling me? Because between work and the children and all the things that we have around us, Sometimes we miss that to savor the most important things that is to be with him. Our default in life is to be passive. Mm -hmm. It's so sad, but it's so true. I was just journaling about that this morning and how easy it is to believe the lies in our mind that this is going to just be too hard. It's going to be too hard to dig into this relationship and to spend more time with the Lord and to just be quiet and listen, etc. When in fact, that resistance is a good indicator if that's where we need to go, right? That is correct. That is 100% correct. As we finish here, two things. First, please tell our listeners how they can find out more about you and your business. My agency is called Rojo. That's R-O-J-O-032, the number 032.com, rojo032.com. And people ask me, what, what is that name? Well, red in Spanish is Rojo and 032 the brightest type of color in the Pantone formula. Guy. <laughs> yeah. And it catches your attention. Or my LinkedIn, Sergio Loon, uh, L-U-N-A. I'll put those links in the show notes. As we finish, Sergio, mm -hmm. would love to have you pray for our listeners, please. Yes. Dear God, Jesus Christ, thank you so much for this beautiful day. And thank you for all your abundant blessings, God. It's just every time I see nature, all the blessings that we see and the many more blessings that we don't see. Thank you. And thank you for this season. Let us not forget that you're the giver and the gift. And let us just abide in you, connect with you, because you have the perfect life for us. You want us to live this supernatural grand life, but it's only going to happen if we abide in you, because aside from you, we can do nothing. We ask you all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sergio. So enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for inviting me. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the show and share this with someone you believe would be encouraged and motivated by these stories. Until next time, I'm Brian Robinson reminding you that the greatest decision you could ever make 
is to ask Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. If you haven't done that, read Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. Thanks again for listening.